Aileen Warnock. She was born in Troy, Michigan on Wednesday the 29th of February 1956 as Aileen Carol Pittman. She had quite an unfortunate upbringing. She never knew her father as he was jailed on charges of kidnapping, rape and child molestation. He committed suicide in prison when she was 15. She was also only six months old when her mother left and her her and her brother were adopted by factory worker Laurie Warnos and his wife, Britta. They were actually their grandparents. Growing up, he used to force Aileen to strip naked and bend over the kitchen table where he would hit her with a belt. And he used to say, you ain't even worthy of the air you breathe. When she was 11, she learned that they were actually her grandparents and she began to rebel. At 14, she fell pregnant and was sent to an unmarried mother's home to await the birth of her child. The baby was adopted in January 1971, the same year that Britta passed away of natural causes. She dropped out of school, left home and took up hitchhiking and prostitution. In March 1976, now 20 years old, she married multi-millionaire Louis Gratzfell, who was 69 years old. He would get beaten up by her every time he tried to stop her eccentric lifestyle. He was forced to obtain a restraining order and an annulment of the marriage. He claimed that she had squandered his money and had beaten him with a walking cane. The marriage officially ended on July 19th, 1976, just four months after getting married. Six days before the end of the marriage, Aileen was at a club hustling pool, drunk and flaunting her figure. At around midnight, the barman had seen enough of her, so he asked her to leave. He walked over to close down the table, and as he was gathering up snooker balls, someone shouted duck. He turned around just in time to see Aileen aiming the ball at his head. It missed him, but it had been hurled with such force that it became launched in the wall. She was arrested and taken to jail. She was also charged on fugitive warrants as well as drinking alcohol in a car, unlawful use of a driver's license and for not having a Michigan State driver's license. A friend who had found the money to bail her bailed her out. Three days later, her brother Keith, aged 21, died of throat cancer. In August 1976, she pled guilty to the assault and battery charges committed at the club and paid the fine of $105. Due to Keith's very brief army life, he had some insurance policy, and as next of kin, she received $10,000. The money was put down as a deposit on a Pontiac, which ended up being repossessed very quickly as she failed to keep up with payments. All of the $10,000 was spent within three months. Aileen was very much under the radar for the next 10 years. Ten years later, in 1986, when she met her girlfriend, Tyra Jolene Moore, that she resurfaced. They became partners in crime from then on. Their first victim, Richard Mallory, was murdered on Daytona Beach. He disappeared out of Clearwater, Florida, on Thursday the 30th of November, 1989. On Friday the 1st of December, police were called to an abandoned car on Ormond Beach. Bloodstains were found on the front seat, but no signs of driver or passengers. Nothing was in the car, but numerous items were found not far away. The police found a wallet containing a Florida driving licence in the name of Richard Mallory and two out-of-date credit cards. 
there were also plastic glasses and a half-empty bottle of vodka, which suggested that the driver had not been alone. Police did a background check and found that the man lived in a multi-family apartment complex called The Oaks in Clearwater, Florida. He'd been in prison for 10 years for sexual violence and was known by the Clearwater PD as a regular user of prostitutes, most of whom who knew him by sight. On Wednesday the 13th of December, two young men found a corpse roughly five miles from where Mallory's car had been found. Deputies soon arrived to find a body that was skeletonised from the collarbone to the top of the head. Under a piece of cardboard with only fingers showing, the body was fully dressed and the man's dentures lay on the ground next to him. From the autopsy, they recovered four bullets from the torso. Mallory had apparently picked up Lee and they'd driven around and then unprovoked, she had produced her revolver and fired at him. Her second victim is David Andrew Spears. His cream pickup truck was found abandoned along a road on Sunday the 20th of May. A long blonde hair had been found on the steering wheel and a torn open condom packet was discovered on the floor of the car. The car was registered to David Spears, a universal concrete construction worker who lived in Orlando. On Friday the 1st of June, a man stumbled upon the body of a male lying in a clearing among trees and palmettos. The body was found in an illegal dumping site. When the police arrived, they found the decomposing body naked, except for a camouflage baseball hat, which sat upon his head on the ground near the body was a used condom and several empty cans of beer. At first, due to the state of the body, the police were unable to determine the sex, age or cause of death. The body had been laid on its back, legs apart, arms outstretched, palms facing the sky. An autopsy was carried out on Monday the 4th of June. The man, who weighed approximately 88 kilograms living, had been reduced to 18 kilograms by the time he was discovered. Six 0.22 calibre bullets were recovered from the corpse. On Friday the 18th of May 1990, David called his ex-wife and told her to expect a visit from him the next day. He was seen leaving work at about 2.10pm and was never seen alive again. Aileen states that David had seen her asking for a ride about 36 miles from his home. He picked her up, even though it was well out of his way. They stopped en route to buy beer, and later he pulls off the road into the woods with sex in mind. She pulls out her revolver and shoots him dead. She then dumped his body, stole his wages, his granddaughter's graduation money, and about $600 worth of cash. Her third victim is Charles E. Carscarden Jr. On Wednesday the 6th of June 1990, a man's naked body was found off State Route 52 and the I-75 in Pasco County. The body was found within grass and foliage and a green electric blanket. Autopsy reveals that the man had been shot nine times with a .22 calibre handgun. The next day, the police found an abandoned Cadillac near where the body was found. Although the licence plates had been removed, the vehicle's identification number was still intact and it revealed that the registered owner's name was 40-year-old Charles Carscarden Jr. His mother told police that when he left her home to travel to Tampa, Florida to pick up his fiancée, he was wearing a blue steel 5 caliber revolver with a pearl handle, a Mexican blanket, a stun gun, a flip-top lighter, a watch and a tan suitcase. 
He was wearing a black shirt and grey snakeskin cowboy boots. However, he had removed the firing pin from his gun because he was too scared to use it. None of these items were actually found in his car. The fourth victim is Peter Seams. On Wednesday the 4th of July 1990, an elderly couple was sitting in front of their house when a car accident happened just in front of them. A four-door Pontiac drifted across the road and smashed through their steel gate and barbed wire fence, shattering the windscreen before coming to a rest in their plants. The elderly couple saw two women clamber out of the car, clearly drunk, and started arguing. At the approach of other cars, they hid into the woods only to reappear after the vehicles had passed and returned to their car. When the old lady rushed over to go and help, they told her not to call the police, saying that one of their fathers lived just up the road. They got back into the car and drove off. Minutes later, a front tyre went flat, and with the car now no longer able to be driven, Aileen Warnos and Tyra had no other option but to abandon it. The vehicle identification number was checked, and they identified the owner of the car as Peter Seams, who was now reported as missing. Bloody fingerprints were found and bloodstains on the seat and the door handles. There were several witnesses that linked Warnos and her lover and plenty of evidence to his murder, but his body was never found. Troy Eugene Barres. On Monday the 30th of July 1990, Troy set out on business and he had a last planned stop in Salt Springs. This was in Marion County which was known as Aileen's Killing Ground. He never arrived. An abandoned van was found on the side of the road, and four days later, after he was pronounced missing, a missing body was found in the local national forest, miles away from the abandoned van. Troy had been killed by two shots in the torso from a .22 caliber handgun. Charles Richard Humphreys disappeared on Tuesday the 11th of September 1990. The following evening, his body was found off County Road, hidden. He was shot seven times by .22 caliber bullets. Only six were recovered from his body because the seventh round passed through his wrist and was never found. His wallet and money were missing. His car was found abandoned on Wednesday the 19th of September. The license plate and keys had all been removed from the car. Everything inside the car had been trashed or taken. Most of the items taken from his car were returned to his wife after being found a month later in a wooded field in Southern Lake County. Walter Gino Antonio. He was driving around Alabama in search of a job. He was recently engaged and so when his fiancée didn't hear from him after a while, she reported him as missing. On Sunday the 18th of November 1990, an off-duty police officer who was hunting stumbled upon a man's body naked except for a pair of tube socks. After autopsy, it was determined that the body had been shot four times, three in the torso and once in the head, with a .22 caliber handgun. On Saturday, the 24th of November, the man's car was found in a wooded area further up the county. The license plate and keys were missing and a piece of paper had been plastered over the vehicle identification number and the doors had been locked. His fiancée gave the police a list of possessions that had been in the car, which included handcuffs, a reserve deputy badge, police billy club, a flashlight, a wristwatch, a suitcase, a toolbox and a baseball cap. All of the items were missing from the car. 
Personal identification and clothing were discovered in a wooded area approximately 38 miles north of the body's location. The rest was never found. Following an extremely long investigation, Eileen was arrested just after midnight on Wednesday the 9th of January 1991. Her companion was located on the 10th of January living with her sister. She was interviewed and eventually gave evidence for the prosecution at Aileen's trial. When asked if her grandfather had sexually abused her, she said yes. She said that he would do things to her and give her pocket money to shut up, and when he'd beat her, he'd strip naked beforehand. She also stated that each of her victims had wanted sex, potentially even a freebie. She also suggested that they had intended to rape her, which is why she shot them all. She was killed by lethal injection on the 9th of October 2002. Her final words were, I'd just like to say I'm sailing with the rock and I'll be back like Independence Day with Jesus, June 6th, like the movie Big Mother Ship and all. I'll be back.